You need pride, you need honor. You need a healthy level of ego. You need all of these things. We're taking it all from boys and what are we giving them instead? Video games, porn, weed. And what do you expect of these people? What do you expect of these shit versions of men besides trash output? You're gonna get garbage all across the spectrum. Either they're gonna do nothing or they're gonna do something bad. They're certainly not gonna do anything good when they don't try for anything in their lives. How are they gonna do something good? The scary thing about all of this is that there still are two teams in the world. And there, are, there is a side of the world where they don't accept this crap. How long is America gonna compete globally when you have countries like China and Russia and these other countries where they don't do this? I don't know if you saw, and uh, they did that survey to kids of what they wanna be when they grow up. Did you ever see that? Yeah, it was crazy. Every American kid wanted to be a YouTuber. YouTuber yeah. Every Everyone. Chinese kid wanted to be an engineer or an astronaut. Yeah. Who owns the future? Who owns the future? We're in so much trouble. We're in so much trouble as a society, and what are we arguing over? It's insane. And what do they show you on TikTok, though? Oh, absolutely, exactly. But this, this, let's stay on this. You asked a very important question. Let's go back to it. We had the same amount of guns, 1950 per capita. Brandon, can you look at that per capita, how many guns we had in 1950 versus today? Yeah. But it's relatively the same. Gun laws haven't changed dramatically from 1950 till today. What's changed from then, then today? We took out God, God yeah. out of school. Prozac was invented in 1987. Yeah. The law to legalize advertising uh, drugs, Big Pharma, in America was 1985. It's only two countries in the world that can advertise, us and New Zealand. Crazy. So you got God, you got Prozac, you got uh, 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 Big Pharma advertising, you got the, the LGBTQ movement that's taking place. You got all of that taking place to where we are today. So when you're talking about guns, what has changed? It's not the guns that's changed. Society has changed. Standards have changed. Completely. So, so how, do you, how do you fix that? So if that, if that is the biggest problem you're selling, yep. number one, here's a problem. Let me sell you why this is the problem. Okay, the people are like, you're right, I'm buying it. Give us a solution. What's the solution? Yeah, I think the solution comes back down to, to family values, and that's a very difficult question to answer because it's across the entire spectrum, right? I do feel like it's almost a race to the bottom for men and women now in the modern society. I don't think women are being very good women. I don't think men are being very good men. And I think both of that is accelerating against each other and it's a race to the bottom. How do you fix that? It's difficult. It's hard. And I still think one of the easiest ways to do that is God. I think if you bring back some degree of morality and some degree of standard to both sexes, that I think things will start to get better. I can tell you right now, they talk about why does men not want to get married anymore. Men don't want to get married anymore. They come up with all these elaborate reasons. The main reason men don't want to get married anymore is because their girlfriend was with me for free. So why are they going to marry her? That's, that, that's the bottom line of it. Why would you, a, a white dress means virgin. Marry who? A girl from the club? Who your friends have been with? You wanna marry her? Like when you remove all of the morality from life, you just end up in a scenario where the only possible logical move is to act without morals. A game theory, right? We sit there and we analyze things logically. If you're gonna be, if, if all the women you meet are immoral, how are you gonna act? You, well, you act morally, you get wrecked. So how do you act? Immorally, it's a race to the bottom. We have to fix society as a whole, and it comes down to even the most basic things, the most basic things like female promiscuity, the most basic things like men sticking up for their last name, the most basic things like men having to be too honorable and too proud to be out of shape or be poor or not take care of a woman. I'm not just talking about women, I'm talking about men. Any woman who's with me, her life is fixed. That is my job. I'm Andrew Tate. I would be embarrassed to have a girl say, I'm Andrew Tate's girlfriend and have to work her job if, unless she wanted to. She could do anything she wants. She's my chick. You can have anything. You run the world now. You're with the top G, anything you want is mine. I'll take care of you in every single way, but you must take care of me. I take, take care of you financially and physically. You must protect me spiritually. You must do your job. 
It's a race to the bottom on both sides. And when you have two genders racing to the bottom and then a child is born, what do we expect from this child? Who's raising the child? The school, the TV, the internet. You trust these people? Look what they're injecting into them. So another thing that's very interesting, you talk about the 1950s, another thing that was different, in the 1950s, parents raised their kids. Who raises kids nowadays? School. School, internet, Twitch. How much time do you spend talking to your child compared to the programming they get from the Matrix? You're, you're losing in terms of pure minutes. You're losing. You can't even control what your child sees in school anymore. You don't even know. And when you find out, they do what they did in California. They're like, what? Most people don't even know this. You have children 15 years old, I've seen it on YouTube, arguing with their own parents, disagreeing with their own parents. The whole point of having children is to instill your values in them. I want my sons to be Emory Andrew Tate. They must think and act and be like me. And for someone, I've had people say to me, what if they're not? If they're not, they're not, that's fine. But the whole point of me having them was my lineage. That's the whole point of me suffering to raise them was my lineage. Why would I raise them to be anything other than what I believe I should be and they should be? That's the whole point of it, and I'm proud of that. I'm not going to sit and apologize for wanting my sons to be Tates. I'm not going to apologize for it. I don't care what the school wants them to believe. They believe what I want them to believe because they are mine. But all of that's gone. So then we also talk about what's different between the 1950s and today. These kids are being raised by people who aren't their parents, and whoever's raising them clearly ain't teaching them anything good. Teaching them, if you feel, feel, act how you feel. You can't tell men that, it's dangerous. You can't tell men to act how they feel. You can't tell men to not have emotional control. You can't tell men to cry anytime they want. Because men don't just cry sad, they cry angry. They cry very angry. You don't want that. You have to teach them stoicism. You have to teach them all of these things. And it's all gone. So, okay, so st st let's stay on this. This is actually a very interesting topic we're in from 1950s till today. So you're saying, uh, if somebody is a Tate, if somebody is my wife, if somebody is my son, you, you're going to be doing this. I'm not going to let a teacher X, Y, Z. Okay. Well, 85, 90% of America doesn't have the money to be able to Correct. put them in a, public, a private school. Correct. Where right now is June. If you go on YouTube or Twitter and look at Pride Month, everywhere, kids are coming to school. Parents, you know, teachers got these uh, Pride stuff going on all over the place. Parents are like, look, I'd love to put them in a private school, but even some private schools are doing it right now. Mm -hmm. In Florida, there is a private school. It's known one of the best private schools out there. You know which one I'm talking yeah, about? I, I won't mention it. Starts with the letter P. People should know what it is, but they all know who I'm talking about. We have a party at our house, okay? And baseball. My son, you know, so he's got a baseball. All the players are their parents. I'm talking to the parents. So, hey, meet one of the girls. So, what school do you go to? Oh, well, you know, uh, I was going to such and such school, but now I'm going to such and such school. Oh, really? Tell me why. The dad's like, yeah, it's just, you know, reasons. He gets uncomfortable. Yeah. I said, no, really, tell me why. I'm curious. Well, you know, I don't really want to get into it. I said, are you uncomfortable because it's political reasons? Well, yes. I said, well, let's just say you're safe yeah. to say it here. Yeah, yeah. He says, am I fully safe? Yeah. I said, what do I need to tell you for you to know you're fully safe? You're fully safe with us because you know my position. Yeah. He says, fair. He says, we took him out because they started asking my daughter to do X, Y, Z with pride to write on this. And she wrote a letter, yeah. a paper that was opposing the opinion, yeah. and she failed the class because her opinion didn't match whatever they were saying, and boom. Yeah. Now, so, so I said, what's going on with that private school? That school's 50 grand a year per kid, the one that's yeah. grooming. 50 grand 50 a year, grand per, a year kid. per kid. Yeah. There's an exodus from this school to go to other schools. So one, some parents don't have the option, Andrew, 
to say, you and I are not worried about it. I'm not worried yeah. about it, but the people I'm leading, they're worried about it. Absolutely. How do you fix it if you're that person without the resources you got? And that's another thing that's difficult because I have two answers to this question. I have the, the arrogant answer, not the answer that I believe I think I know the arrogant one. We'll yeah. give both of them. Let's, I'll give both. Yeah. The one I actually believe is helpful. This is where I think things like we discussed earlier, like the Klan comes into, comes into effect, right? Imagine you had 18 kids from six or seven parents, groups of parents, and everyone's living together. The family unit, the, the energy and the ethos and the, the merits of that particular clan is gonna be so much stronger and difficult for the matrix to penetrate and break. Their best friends are the people they live with. The kids live with the other kids who believe the same as them. The parents all agree. When you're a clan, you're far more difficult to attack and assault. So I would say the first thing I would do if I was a parent of, of normal income, I would try and find other parents who agree with me and try and find other people who are ideologically sound. And I'd make sure that our, our children are friends and they spend the most time with each other. And I would try for us all to go on holidays together. And I would also put in conscious effort to try and deprogram. I don't think many parents say to their kids, what did you learn today? I'd be doing that not to check on the kid. I'd be doing the check, on the, you. check on the school. But let me challenge you what's going on. Sure. So let's role play. Go ahead. Ask me the question. What did you learn at school today? So today we learned that, you know, uh, Dylan Mulvaney had the courage to stand up for her beliefs. And she's a, she's a hero because she's out there and she's helping a lot of other people that are going through challenging times be able to stand up for themselves. Okay. What are you going to tell me? I would say, why do you think they want you to believe that? What do you mean that? Why do you think they want you to believe that? They've told you something. Yeah. I don't believe that's true. What they've done is lie to you. Why do they want you to believe that? Perfect. So say you now convince me I'm your son. Yeah. Great. I go to school tomorrow. Yeah. Ready? Correct. Now I'm in school. Correct. Hey, Miss Jones says, hey, Patrick, so tell me, so what did you think about this as this, you have to write this paper? Well, let me tell you, last night I was having a conversation with my dad, yeah. and my dad told me, why do you want me to believe that? Yeah. Then comes the phone call. Yep. And then now you're cornered as a parent, and now what do you say to the school? Say I'm the school, role play. Correct. And this is, and I can't role that's play what, it by myself. That's it's what difficult. I'm that's it's difficult. Point. And this is the exact point why you need a clan, you need a network, you need other parents. If I was a parent and my child yeah. was going to public school, I'd be extremely interested in finding other parents whose kids were going to that public school. Yeah, you have the PTA meetings, etc. But there has to be a degree of strength in numbers. It's hard. You can say homeschooling. That's the that's the cop out. But the other answer, the more arrogant answer to this, is actually an answer I gave after the subway incident. You know, in New York with the subway where they choked the guy mm -hmm. and he died. Yep. I get asked all the time, Andrew, what would you have done in that scenario? It's a very difficult scenario. I mean, we can argue whether he choked him too long, whether he was trying to protect sure. people. There's a bunch of arguments. But it's very unfortunate. This goes back to what I was saying earlier. You can no longer just be the average man, the average citizen. I insulate myself from so many problems with money. I know this is a terrible thing to say and people aren't gonna like hearing it, but it's true. I never have to worry about some garbage on the subway. I never have to worry about, do I stand up and defend this woman or allow her to get attacked because they're gonna put me in jail? I never have to worry about some fight on a plane because the ticket was $40. I never have to worry about my kid going to learn something they don't wanna learn. I don't have to worry about any of this because money protects me, right? So when I say this, like if I have a girl and she's saying, all you do is work, you need to be a dad too. I'm being a dad by being rich. That's me being a dad. That's how I protect you all. I'll work 18 hours a day every single day. That's me being a dad more than almost anything. Because that's how I protect you and everybody else from all this insanity. It's the only way to do it because you need to be flexible. We're fully on the same page. I'm on the same page as you. I also want to make the money so I get to pick and choose. Yeah. What I'm talking about is a message because the reality is not everybody is going to go out there and make the Correct. 10 a month or Correct. whatever you make. It's just not going to happen. Correct. The, the market's not set up that way. Quite frankly, not everybody brings that kind of value to the market Correct. to garner that kind of pay. You Correct. know that, I know that. Correct. Okay, how can you and I help the audience 
that is sitting there, great citizens, yep. net positive. Yep. They take their kids to church on Sundays. Yep. They work their butts off. They're doing their best to keep their marriage together as hard as it is. Yep. They're paying the bills for the kids. They're making 80 grand, 120 household income. Yep. They can't talk like you and you're, I. You're right. What do they do? You're right. Let's so, give them the solution. You're right. So if I was them, here's what I would do. I would make sure that my family had core parameters and core beliefs that we believed in, and I would fact check everything my child was told against those core parameters and core beliefs. So let's say one of our core parameters and core beliefs was hard work. We believed in hard work and dedication. When they came home and told me something about uh, body shaming or the fact that models can change, I'd say, does that agree with the beliefs? and the, the merits that this family has decided we are gonna operate under, yes or no. I would have a framework, I would have a gate which ideas have to penetrate through. Every idea has to be fact-checked against a gate, a parameters of set values that was stuck to my last name. Honor, courage, discipline, hard work, whatever those parameters are. And I'd say to my child every day, what did you learn in school? And I'd listen to it and I'd say, does that align with our value on this? And also, I'd make this very clear because this was done to me as a child. I'd make it very clear to my children that they're exceptional. I think every single person is exceptional for different reasons. We talk about normal children, normal families, that, uh, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean they're not an exceptional individual. They can still be an exceptional person. Oh, who knows? Who who knows yeah. what they might become? Sure. I'd say you're an exceptional. You don't believe what everyone else in that school is told to believe just because it is said. You're an exceptional person and we have a framework we operate under because your last name is X and our framework is this. Does that align with hard work and dedication? No, it doesn't. Why are they trying to tell you that? Because they're trying to attack the framework which you need to be successful. My father said to me when I was young, you are now, my father had many, many quotes and I use them all the time, but one of my favorites was, I allow manipulation to find out where my enemy wants me to go. And then I use my mind to break the trap and punish the perpetrators. That's, exact, that's the exact line I will tell my child. I'll say, they've attempted to manipulate you. We've allowed it. I allowed you to go to school and listen to this. Why were they trying to manipulate you? Where do they want you to go? They want to take you away from discipline. Yeah. They want to take you away from hard yeah. work. Now we're going to use our minds to break the trap. We now know what they want. My father explained this saying to me, and he said why it was so important, and it's true. If you don't allow them to manipulate you at all, you don't know where they want you to end up. You might get tricked another way. You might take another road to the same destination. Mm -hmm. You allow the manipulation. Tell me what you want me to believe. Tell me what you want me to understand. Allow them to manipulate me all the way to the end. I see the end goal. Yep. This is what you want. No. And this is what I would teach my children, explain. Your time in school is gonna teach you some very important things that you need to know. And they're also attempting to psyop you and trick you and poison your mind. And we are gonna discuss daily, built within our family framework, within the code of our last name, to see which are true and which are lies. It takes work, like everything else on earth. It takes work, and I know it's hard. Parents are out there, they're working, they haven't got time, yeah. the kids are on the internet. It's difficult, but you have to put the work in because you are <clears throat> almost fighting an enemy for the minds of your children now. You know what I think, you know what I think is, that's great, very good feedback, but, so I lived in Iran, yeah. and in Iran, you'd go out there and you'd say, so hey, listen, people are asking about religion, don't talk about it. Yeah. Are we Christians? I don't know. Yeah. Talk to my mom and dad. You don't need to answer the question, yeah. right? Because there's that fear. Yeah. So parents are teaching. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 
Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Kids to not talk about their values and principles. The element that parents fear what the school's going to say to them and not give the kids the best grades. Because imagine you've got a 10th grader or even a senior. If you really say what you believe in, that teacher gives you a C. You don't get the A to get the 4.3 GPA yep. to get the scholarship because you yep. can't afford it. You have to be like constantly like yep. this. So parents are telling their kids, look, whatever I'm telling you, don't tell them. I think, it's, I think it's bigger than that. I think a part of it is, I think a part of it is, this is the first time we had stats, and I don't know in how long this was, where kids no longer, kids graduating high school are not valuing a four-year college as much as they did before, Mm -hmm. okay? That is a threat to the establishment because they can't be a control, right? Number two is there is an element, when I'm watching this video with these parents yesterday in Glendale, and this is where I grew up, this is my street. I grew up Broadway and Verdugo, right next to that uh, post office. I'm 200 yards away from the high school is where I grew up and I lived on uh, uh, Doran for a couple years before I went to Wilson Junior High School. And I'm seeing these parents upset like how is this this is common sense leave these kids alone yeah i think there's got to be an element of those parents coming together yeah and a form of a strike yeah i believe yeah to say if you want the tax funded money that's being given to your school district hey we're not coming we're going to decide to do schooling together and we're going to use this place or that place or this facility and that facility because they have to feel the pain. They, they cannot do that to the kids. So my only messaging with what you're saying right now, number one rule is what? Go start a part-time income, make an additional three grand a month so you can send them to the private school that they're teaching right values for. Okay, that's number one. Two, I can't afford to do that. Three, this is the other option that you got. Yeah, and you're right. And Trump said it in his book, The Art of the Deal. He said, if you're not prepared to walk away, you can't negotiate. And that's the same with absolutely everything. If, you have, if there's never a bottom line in which you say enough, then you can't negotiate, you have no negotiating position. We talk about this when it comes to children in schools, but this is also very applicable for relationships. I've had girls who say to me, you know what, I was watching TV and they were saying that, I don't know, X, Y, Z. And I would say, listen, I take care of you, I love you very much. I'm gonna make sure you have everything you've ever wanted. I'm gonna make sure you're physically safe. That's why you're not gonna go walking home alone drunk. It's not because I'm a misogynist. It's not because I dislike you. It's not because I'm controlling. It's not because I'm manipulative. It's because it's for your safety and your safety to a degree is my responsibility. But I saw on the news X, Y, Z. If you believe the news over me, then go find another man. You have to be prepared to walk away, right? This is the bottom line of it. This is what I personally believe. Uh, These are my values. These are my values. And this is what I personally believe. If you're, and if if she says, well, no, I'm not listening to you. And I stay with her anyway. Well, then it's over, isn't it? Then she's going to do whatever she wants. But not everybody can do that because you've earned the right. Of course. proposition you're offering so high that they have to sit there and say, I can't lose this guy. Completely. And yeah. this is where we go back to the original point about how difficult it is to be the average man now. I, it's, it's becoming more and more difficult. We're in a position now where 
you have a racetrack and you have Ferraris and Nissans. And yeah, we can discuss how the Nissan might beat the Ferrari, but the truth is, it's hard. It's very, very hard. If I was a man and I was starting all over again, I would, be do, I would do the same things I did. I would wake up and say, okay, this game is extremely difficult. My best chance is to level up my character to a point where the game becomes easy. Because life does become easy at a certain point. Yes, now I'm in a very unique situation. But before this situation, I had only three problems in my life. My health, which I take care of, my woman, who I take care of, and money. I, that was it. If I made enough money, I had no other problems. If you're broke, you have lots of small problems. Yeah. The, the car doesn't start, the school fees are coming up, whatever, we need new clothes for the kids. I had one problem to fix. If I fix my one issue, everything else is fixed. You get to a point in life where someone goes, oh, we've got an issue, how much? Just tell me the number. I don't even wanna know the ins and outs. Just do the transfer, make it go away. So. Yeah, as a man, I think you have that imperative to understand that the video game of life as a man is exceptionally difficult. And especially as you get older, as you progress with the levels, it gets harder. It's getting harder and harder. You need to level up your character. This is what amazes me when men go, I struggle with motivation. How can you struggle with motivation in the modern world? Are you asking to just lose? Are you asking to just be erased from humanity? Yep. Are you asking to be invisible? How can you be an 18 year old man and say, I don't have the motivation to train as hard as possible and get as rich as possible. You are born to lose if you don't have motivation at 18. In the modern world, as competitive as it is, all those girls, those 18 year old girls you go to school with are talking to some 28 year old man on a, with a yacht somehow. And you're sitting there lonely and you don't have motivation? You must be out of your mind. The only way to win this game is to become as powerful as possible. It's difficult and it's getting harder and harder. And this is why I teach the things I teach to men. You can't just be Joe Schmo and win anymore. That, those days are over. You have to be something else. The challenge those young men have though, it's not, sometimes not even their fault. Why? Single mother, yep. raised by a single mother. Yep. They've been indoctrinated and they heard the future is female a yep. million times. Yep. Next thing you know, they're 18. They kind of have this victim mentality. Yeah. It's almost not even their fault some of these times. Oh, completely. We're all in our late 30s, early 40s. We've, we've grown up, play, I played football in school. Yeah. He's an athlete, bodybuilder, obviously you're a kickboxing champion. We've had coaches, we've had people kick our ass. Yeah, yeah. We didn't grow up with participation trophies. We've had our asses kicked. Yeah. We've gone through shit, now we are the shit. Yeah. A lot of these young guys playing video games, addicted to porn, they yeah. grow up with a phone in their hand, yeah. raised by women, they don't have they weren't raised how we were raised. How do you teach those kids though? Well, that's why they don't, that's exactly what they don't want me doing. That's why they're trying to put me in jail. Because I managed to become, I, I, I'm not for a second bragging, but I've, the, the size of the movement that I created, I turned up in Slovenia. I don't know if you've ever seen that video with the Bugatti where everyone's going, top G, top G. That's mm. the capital of Slovenia. I can't even pronounce it. Ljubljana Lib or something. I've never been there before. I, Slovenia, where even is it? Like, I, I can barely find it on a map. I know roughly where it is. If you want a guaranteed way to get in touch with me, maybe you have a business idea, maybe you want some fashion tips, maybe you just want to connect, you could find me on Manect. This is what I was saying earlier on about how complicated masculinity is, but I broke it down to those three basic tenets because even a teenage boy can understand if you get enough money and enough power and enough powerful friends and enough sexual access that you're going to be able to build yourself to a man of, I can cry now. I'm qualified to cry. When you're an 18 year old boy, you can't, you shouldn't be crying. You should be focused and you should be an animal and you should be training, you should be working hard and you should be listening, you should be going to coaching. I'm now at a level where I'm allowed to cry. I understand all the different elements of being a man. I understand the tapestry of masculinity fully. I can cry if I decide to. I've qualified for that. 
But before you get to that point, you have to go through all the hard shit. And the hard shit, I've broken down to the three basics. And I think that's why they're coming to attack me so heavily. Because genuinely, because of what you just said, I'm telling kids things. And especially people often ask me, especially Matrix Media, they say, why did you get so big? Because I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth, which every man knows is intrinsically true in his heart, because God has instilled him with a, a basic degree of morality of right and wrong. I'm saying things to a 17-year-old boy, and he's going, this is the, he makes sense. I get it. Everything I was told so far just didn't quite click, but this does. And that's what they're so scared of. And I agree with you, you're, you're completely right. And this goes back to, once again, we were saying about last names, family values. The number of times I was told I couldn't do something because of my last name. I think that was my whole childhood. <laughs> my whole childhood is where you're a Tate. Dad, I got an A. Of course, you're a Tate. It wasn't even, it was just like, duh. Of course you got an A. But what else are you gonna get, a B? Were you a dummy? <laughs> That's who I was my whole life. I had standards exacted on me. And I've even heard like psychologists, I have a big problem with psychologists. I don't like them as a whole. I'll tell you some of my scenarios. I've, I've, I've had conversations with psychologists. There's a couple good ones, but there's a lot of them who I don't like. And they, they, their ideas are, oh, you raise children, don't put standards on, don't put pressure on them. How are they gonna perform without pressure? Do you have pressure to perform in your business? Because I certainly do, I certainly do. Pressure I, makes diamonds. You think I didn't have pressure to perform when I sat down with the BBC and they tried to set me up? You think I didn't realize instantly? Okay, war, she's ready. You think, I, you think there's no pressure? You think there's no pressure when they try and stab you to death? There's no pressure in life? You're gonna raise a child and say, don't give him no pressure, give him no standards, so he can just be a kid. And what's he gonna mold into? Absolutely and utterly not. Life is pressure, especially as a man. You need to have these exacting standards. That's how it is. My whole life was a pressure to perform to my last name. That's all it's always ever been. I don't know how anyone's raised any other way. So yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's a very difficult problem to fix. I agree with you, it's a very difficult problem to fix. But I think it starts with baseline things. And this is also why I feel like I have such a duty to act. I'll give you an example. If I could lie right now for $10 million, and nobody would find out, nobody. I still couldn't do it because God would know and he'd punish me sooner or later. I really truly believe that I would pay the price of that lie. I truly believe it. I think when you, if you're a man and you're growing up and you're saying, how do I act? What do I do in this scenario? What would God want you to do? Tell the truth. You'd be amazed how far just telling the truth will get you. In any situation, I can give you benign situations that don't even matter. Your girlfriend caught you. Oh, and no, and I barely know her. Da, da. Just say yes. Sorry. I love you. I'd love to stay together. But you did this. Sorry. I'm leaving. Okay, goodbye. Next day, she's back. You just tell the truth. It could have gone on for weeks. She could have kept spying. She could have called the girl. All this drama. Just sometimes in life, you just man up and tell the truth. That's why in my current scenario, and I was saying earlier, I think that's my, the only way you're free, by the way. Oh, completely. The only way you're truth free. Truth shall set you free. It shall set you free. When I was saying earlier, the incompetence of my enemies is scaring me, and I don't know exactly what to do. All I can do is just tell the truth all the time. I'm going to tell the truth all the time. I'm going to say what I mean and mean what I say, and I'm going to tell the truth, and that's who I'm going to be. That's what I think is the best yeah, thing yeah. for me to do in the current scenario. But we're not even instilling that in children anymore. We're not even telling children how important it is to not lie. Well, but, but that's, that's also part of what you're talking about. I want to show you the stat because a guy sent it to me. And then we'll put this for the audience to see as well. Percentage of gun ownership from 1972 till today. Same thing. Exactly. The same. If you look at the numbers, exactly. pretty much the same thing. So what's been the biggest difference is a lot of these things that we just talked about. By the way, that question you asked from 1950 till today, 
the candidate that's talking about this, again, I went, up and went back to politics, RFK is talking about this. Yeah. And I think it's a very important thing to talk about because it's making people go research and see for themselves and to ask the question, what really did change? Uh, We've had this all the time. Completely. What became legal? Why completely. are we adding all these pharmaceuticals to, yep. you know, kiss the tape? Yep. Uh, what What else would it be outside of that? So, so that that was the foundation, which I agree with you. Household values, principles, kids, men raising them better. Yep. What else would you see as a challenge from an outside? And then I got part two of the question for you. Yeah, it's it's anything else where you say. Uh, you know, X, Y, Z would also, by the way, I love the way you say Nissan and status. I just love the way you pronounce those yeah. two words, man. For a second, you said Nissan. I'm like, what is Nissan? And then I realized what you're talking about. Well, I remember when I was young, other people's parents would tell me off. Do you remember that? Did you ever get that yeah, when you were young? Of course. Other people's parents yeah. would come up and like, yeah. you better not. random adults would just tell me yeah. off. I was scared of every grown-up. Every grown-up had a degree of authority. Just random adults. We can't do that anymore. There was just a degree of community that's certainly not really lost. And asking me how to bring it back is difficult. It's very hard. And that's one of the reasons why I've become so religious recently, because I think that God is definitely part of that. And that's also the reason I want to live in the clan I live in. That's why it is. My brother can tell my kids off, no problem. If I came home and Tristan's like, I, I, I had to scream at all, I'd be like, good. I trust him in his judgment. Good. Scream at them then. Good. They're children. Also, sometimes, you know what? Kids need to be yelled at sometimes. Why not yell at them? What are they going to do? Life's hard. Life's hard. The way we pander and baby children, especially, is, is, is insane. I was talking about this the other day. I was talking about how I have a, a pet peeve, and one of my pet peeves is, is painkillers. And I was being typical me, and I was going over the top. But I was saying, I was argu not arguing, I was discussing with this guy. This guy said, have you got any aspirin? I said, there's no aspirin in my house. And he said, why? I said, brother, you are not facing 1% of the life difficulties I am facing. Think about it. No government's trying to lock you up. The Matrix isn't after you. They're not trying to frame you. Nobody wants you dead. When God finally gives you a tiny headache to give you something to show you're half a man, a little bit of resilience, you pussy out and take an aspirin. Can't you just have a headache? Just have a headache. And not only just have a headache, have a headache and don't mention it, because I don't care. So don't even talk about it. Nobody needs to know. Just have a headache and be quiet. I have a headache, Twitter. Yeah, what do you want? Do you want therapy? You want sympathy? Nobody cares you have a headache. Shut up. It kind of goes back into my original conversation when I was saying I don't like psychotherapists and all their garbage, because they're constantly, I don't believe in, I've, I've had conversations with therapists a few times. And my biggest detractors and enemies say, you need to talk to a therapist. The last <laughs> conversation I had with a therapist didn't go very well. I said I didn't believe in uh, most of their field and that it was garbage. And she said, why? And I said, because there are some boys who don't drink alcohol because their dad was an alcoholic. And there are some boys who are alcoholics because their dad was an alcoholic. You have the same scenario and different outcomes. So I don't believe in it. And she said, well, no, it's not an exact science, but we have generalized rules that we can follow that lead to patterns of behavior. I said, but I'm not a generalized person. I'm an exceptional person. So everything you've learned and everyone you've ever spoken to and everything in your books does not apply to me because I'm an exceptional and I'm smarter than you and I've done things you could never do. And I'm a world champion athlete and I'm richer than you'll ever be. So nothing you know can possibly apply to my, my, my mindset. So why are we sitting here talking? What was the reaction? She just wrote things down on a piece of paper. <laughs> Probably called me an arrogant piece of shit. Probably said he's a, don't like this guy. Complete narcissist, 100%, 100%. Who knows what's going on? But here. I'm right. Yeah. There's nothing you've learned in your you book that exceptional. applies to people. It doesn't apply to me. It doesn't apply to me. So I don't want to hear it. Don't care. Don't care. 
And, and this whole idea, this goes back to the thing about uh, painkillers. That's something I didn't just make up. That's from my dad. I remember being at my friend's house, and I remember him saying I need an aspirin, and he had an aspirin. I remember just being a child and coming home and saying I want an aspirin. I remember my dad going, for what? Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're a kid. Shut up. No, you're not popping pills. And I remember my mother going, it's only an aspirin. No, there's nothing wrong with you. Your body is, is going to go through the same damage it's suffering, if any at all, whether you feel the pain or not. Man up. Get over it. It comes down to the details. It's like if you're a professional fighter and you get to a certain level, your coach, once you've been training for 10 years, your coach is honing you on the details. It's the tiniest details that make you a predator. The tiny things. Mayweather does 1% better than the guy he beats. It's the tiny details. So simple things like denying a child a painkiller when you know there's nothing wrong with them. I'm not, I'm not saying if he had surgery, he can't have painkillers. I'm saying if he walks in, there's nothing actually wrong with the kid. Say no. It's all the tiny little things you need to do to instill pain, you need to instill that resilience inside of them. I was in jail and I could just hear crying and sobbing from every cell but mine. Everyone's in there having a mental breakdown but me. And the, the most thing, the scariest thing about my position, and I think it's the position for most people who end up in jail in Romania, because of how the legal system works and the extensions, and that, you don't know how long you're in there for. You don't know, it could be a year, could be five, could be three days. That's what messes with your brain. You're like, do I prepare for six months of this? Do I prepare for five years of this? What's going on? Nobody knows. Everyone's in there having mental breakdowns but me. Why did I not have a mental breakdown? Because I've had too much crap happen to me too many times and never took the painkiller, never took the easy way out, never asked for the therapist, never been a bitch about it. This, this is how life works. There's no way to the top besides the difficulty and the pain and the trauma. I say, I, 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 I'm really flabbergasted that there's men out here who still believe they're gonna somehow become something of importance without it. Of course she broke your heart. Good, 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 good. I'm tired of people complaining and crying about it. That's the game, that's the life. So yeah, it comes down to tiny things, even down to painkillers, smallest things. My dad used to, another thing my dad used to make me do, he used to just make me drink water. I remember being a kid and it would upset me. I'd be sitting there playing chess or whatever, he'd say, go drink two liters of water. And I'd go and I'd get some water and I'd start drinking it and say, I'm not thirsty, I don't want to drink the rest. And he'd stand there and make me drink all two liters. Now I understand it was just compliance. Two liters of water is not going to hurt me. Not going to hurt me. Do I really need it? Who knows? I drank a liter. Why do I have to drink all two? Because he said so. That was the household. If I, was, if I tried to rebel, I really don't want it, I'm not thirsty, da -da. you're going to drink that water. That's it. That's it. And it's all these tiny things that instill discipline in you. Over a long enough time frame, drink water. Yes, sir. Bring that to compliance today, though. Bring that to compliance today. Say your dad is uh, uh, around today yep. and you're 12 years old yep. and you're living in Ohio. Yep. Okay. And your dad is teaching you compliance. Yep. And your dad says, okay, so now teacher in school tells you what to do. He's right. He's this. He's that. What is the uh, uh, angle you're taking at that time? Yeah, and that's another thing that's difficult because back then it was much easier to say you shouldn't get in trouble at school. Right. Much easier. Than Today's it kind of like a badge of honor almost. Almost. You stand up. Almost. And, and it is hard. But my loyalty was always to my last name above anything else. This just depends where your loyalty lies. I think that everyone, when we talk about, we can link back into religion and talk about atheists. I don't think there's such a thing as an atheist nowadays. I think everyone has a religion. 
if you're not religious to God, you're religious to either this woke agenda or you're religious to a political party or you're religious to some kind of perversion. Everyone's religious to something. You have to decide what is you're most loyal to above everything. You have to put these things in hierarchy or order. In our last in our last talk, I said to I said this, a lot of people hold beliefs and they don't know where they got them from or why they hold them. There's people walking around who believe things and they don't know where it came from or why they so strongly believe it. They don't even have any personal experience to link it to. You truly believe two plus two is five. Why? Oh, because it just is. And the news and the news. No, no. What happened to you that made you believe? Nothing's even happened to you. And you believe this with your complete core. You've been psyoped. I I know where my loyalties lie. I've had them in order. I know who, who who I put above others. I absolutely not only know. And sometimes in the most harsh situations on earth, there's going to be scenarios in life which are completely and utterly, they're unexpected and they're exceptionally rare where you have to make very difficult choices. But I know my my hierarchy. I know. I know if I was in a position, a hypothetical, where I had to choose between my brother or my girl, there wouldn't be a... Oops, what do I do? I know the choice. It's never been the case between the two of you? It's never been the case between us yet. But if it happened, I know it would be. I've had girls say, I, I've had girls try and give me the line. I've had girls do it. I've had girls say, if you're going to live with your brother, then it's going to be No, weird. that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, has a girl ever come in between you guys since you were kids? Never. 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 It, it's impossible. That's because of the value taught down. Completely. It's absolutely, it's absolutely impossible. So the hierarchy of compliance and respect at that time, last name was first. Yep. Where would it be today? If you're raising kids today, yep. what is number one? Is it God? It is, is God. Is it me second? Then then who? No, it is God. It's God first and then it's the last name and the legacy in my teachings. I think it has to be God first. I think it has to be God first because God is the only thing that can resist this insanity. Yep. What is happening is truly evil. This is not some different worldview. No, it is evil because it is dishonest. Anything that is dishonest must be evil. It is a lie. All of it is a lie. It is constructed deliberately to be a lie. It's deliberately constructed to alter the minds of people to believe in lies. It is evil. So it has to be God first because God is truth. And I believe if I have children who put God first and then put respect for the last name and the things I've taught them second, it's very hard to corrupt them. How are you going to truly corrupt these people? It's going to be very difficult. And that's what I always try and do. And that's how I was raised. I, I was raised in a Christian family. I was actually raised religiously. Then I thought I was smart when I became atheistic. Because, yeah, there's a lot wrong with the world. And obviously, I'm, I've already apologized for that and understand I was completely wrong. But respect for my last name, even to this day, is still there. I, and, and, and that's why I say to my girlfriend, if we were walking down the street and 10 men have approached with machetes, I'd just have to die. I can't be Andrew Tate ran away. I just can't. I can't be Andrew Tate ran away. I can't do it. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. If you're living in this clan, right? You're living here, your family, yeah. Tristan's family. Yeah. You're raising your family. Yeah. Muslim, Islam. Yep. Your brother's still Christian. Yep. How's that going to work? Well, there's one God. God's first. There's one God. There's, I truly believe there's different paths to God. I truly believe that. Like I said, I'm not a religious scholar, but it says in the Quran, people of the book. Even, a, even a, as a Muslim man, I'm allowed to marry a Christian woman. They are of the book. It's only atheists that the Quran has a problem with because there's something morally corrupt with them. But if you're a person of the book, a person of faith, we don't, we're not even, even says inside the Quran, we're not supposed to convert you or insult you. We're not here to insult you or correct you. There's one path, there's different paths to the one God. I truly believe that. And I also, another thing I'll say about clan living, in my experience, I think that men quite often get along in those scenarios. If anyone is hearing the idea of this and love the idea of this, but they feel like it would be argumentative or there'd be problems, I think that comes from the women. 
I think it's when women don't like each other or the woman's in the man's ear. You're too bitch with the guys. That I think the women are more against it than the men for some reason. Unless you have a very strong frame in the relationship. I don't have that problem, but in general. The men get along. The men love it. I think, I think it's quite firm and quite, and, and quite uh, rigidly installed inside of the basic psyche of men. We like that. Men feel best in a gang, in a group. It's, it's why we charge at the gunfire. When we're with our boys, it's when we feel strongest. It's why we go out and drink and party when you're with your guys. There's something inside of you, you just feel like on fire. I think men have that. A lot of the time it doesn't seem to work and it breaks down because women can be unhappy in certain scenarios. But this is why, especially in, in, in some ethnic communities where the gender roles are more specific and defined, where the man is in charge and the woman does this, they can live, all live together in peace. It's much easier for them. Like I said, I grew up in a, in, a, in a town full of Muslims. They'd have 10 families in one house. The women cooked, cleaned, looked after the children, looked after their man. The men all worked, made a bunch of money, a bunch of average ass jobs, and they were all millionaires in five to six years. So let me ask this other question while we're on this topic. Uh, that was a good question, by the way, Christian dynamic and, and Muslim dynamic. When you're saying there's a lot of ways to get there, you know, there's a religion called Baha'i. It's an element of, Christ, uh, of Muslim. Mm -hmm. Baha'i is like uh, how Mormonism to Christianity, and yep. Baha'i believes there's eight ways to go to heaven. That's yep. the philosophy of Baha'i. My sister, husband's family, they're all Baha'i, great people. But going back to this, okay, impact. Let's think impact. If a person's watching this content, most of the people that are watching this, a portion is going to be those that are haters, that just want to find, like, poke at the argument to find, you see, I told you, see, I told you, fine. But a lot of people that are also watching this, they're probably wanting to make impact. They want their life to have meaning behind it. That's who's watching this show today, right? Okay. So, I can't be a president, but I want to make impact. I being anybody that's watching this. Because Putin says eight years, another, another guy comes, or the guy with the briefcase shows up, okay, cool. Well, if you were in the States and you're saying president wouldn't be how to make an impact, but let's say there is a kid who's 20 years old, 18 years old, 25 years old, has so much drive, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Ambition at the highest level. Who do you think has the biggest influence to make positive change, like real change? Is it the person with the money? Is it the person with the biggest mic? Is it the person that goes into politics? What is the best way to have the biggest impact? Yeah, so I think the world has always only ever been a battle for influence. Even if you look at the current battlefield, Ukraine is next door, it's five hours drive away. The battle in Ukraine is not just about tanks and trenches and grenades, it's a battle for influence. Who influences the people within this territory? Who is in charge of the thinking the language, the mindset of people within this geographical area. Every single battle, every single pitched battle, every single argument, every single debate has always been a battle for influence. If you have influence, you're an extremely powerful pe person. All of us here are some of the most powerful people in the world. How many millions of people listen to us? We have massive influence. And I think you can have influence at the ground level. You don't have to be a famous podcaster or famously well-known to have influence. I would argue that those Romanian grandmas who gave me my food will remember me for the rest of their lives. I would like to believe I gave a positive influence and a positive impact on their lives for the rest of their life. I believe if you go through life and you're genuinely a good person, you try your best to be good to people and you're honest and you shake hands and you don't lie and you're on time and you work hard and you're good to everyone who's good to you, I think you'll have a massive influence. And I also believe, I truly believe that God is extremely giving. There's the saying, goes around, comes around. Completely true. But I would say it comes from God. God is keeping an eye on you and he's paying attention to you and he knows the kind of person you are and the kind of things you do. And I don't believe if you're actually genuinely a good person all of the time that you're not going to get some good will back to you. Look at my scenario. If I was being a piece of shit for years with all these chicks, I'd be in jail. I'd be in jail. 
I could have never seen this coming, but the fact that I was nice, paid their taxi home, bought them food, looked after them, are you okay? I know we broke up, I'm sorry, I know it hurts, I just did it, I was nice about all of it, here I am, I'm fine. And so I could have never seen this matrix attack coming. It's amazing how what goes around comes around. It's truly amazing. If you're good to people, if you're generous to people, if you're helpful to people, you'd be amazed how much influence you can build up. I say this to people all the time. I don't think if you're a hardworking person who is honest, who shakes hands, who tries to learn, who does what they're supposed to do, who has a good heart, that you're truly really not gonna be able to get what you want. I think the universe is absolutely and utterly giving. When I see somebody who says they want something and they don't have it, I don't even think they truly even want it. You can have anything you want in the world. When a guy goes, I want a six pack, then why ain't you got one? If you wanted it, you'd have it. You'd like it, there's a bunch of things I'd like that I don't have but I don't want them. Everything I've ever wanted, I've got. I've never wanted something and not had it. We all know what we're talking about here. There's things we'd like. I'd like to be able to figure skate. Not enough to go learn to figure skate. It's but, a weird look if you figure out, although that other guy <laughs> dancing like the way you dance is doing a pretty the good bottom job. G. Bottom G, yeah. <laughs> You've seen this guy? He can figure skate. That but guy I, kills the dance moves. Yeah, he's good. Way. But your doppelganger. But if you truly want something, you're gonna yeah. absolutely not have it. So when it comes down to influence, I think you start at the at the base level, at the grassroots level. What if I what if this guy's got like, you know, for example, like you know how um, when you were twenty, yeah. were you this driven? Oh absolutely. Okay, just, so when you're twenty, who did you look at and say, I can do it as good as him, if not better. My coach, because I wanted to fight, and he used to kick, he used to beat me badly. Everyone used to beat me up when I was young, and I wanted to be the best, so I used to go into the fight gym. Okay, how about communication? Who'd you look at? Were you always a good communicator? I can see you being a great communicator since you were 14 years old. Am I, am I pretty? I was pretty good, yeah. Okay, who did you look at and say, that guy's good, but I think I can you know, do it better? That's a good question, and I think that you know what I'm asking. I right? know what you're asking. I, I don't know if there's one particular person I took nuances from because when you're a great communicator, you know how to be serious and you know how to make people sad and angry and you also know how to people make people laugh. There's different people who can do lots of different things. So who things. was that? Was it somebody that was multifaceted like that? I, I think it was a lot of different people. And I also think that... Did you pull from comedy as well or I no? I certainly did, but I was also extremely self-critical. I think that's where a lot of it came, comes from. I'll watch, I'll watch this podcast back 15 times. I will notice every single time I made a mistake. Just then I said, I'll watch twice. That was a mistake. I will watch this back 15 times and I'll identify every single error. I have uh, an email list and I sign up and I get words of the day. I get five or six new words a day, which I try my very best to memorize. It's harder than you think to memorize five words a day, but I always try to make sure I have the most interesting vernacular I can possibly have, a wide vocabulary so I can be very specific with my points. The reason I actually did that, my, my, I keep talking about my dad, but. He, he taught, he, I'm his son. I have the same name, Emory Andrew Tate III. He was Emory Andrew Tate II. My father was a linguist for the CIA. He spoke Russian and German and Spanish and English. And uh, I think I've told this before. Back then, when they needed someone who spoke Russian, they would take a Native American and teach them Russian. Nowadays, we have a bunch of Russian-speaking allies. You can go to Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. They're all NATO and just get a Russian speaker. Back then, they taught my dad Russian, and he held the Air Force record for the fastest assimilation of a foreign language. When he died, a guy sent me an email, sent me a message saying, you don't know who I am, but I worked with your father in the Air Force, and he had the fastest assimilation. He learned Russian in two weeks. Crazy. And I remember saying to my dad, will you teach me Russian? He said, boy, you don't even know English. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you don't even know English. And, at the t and, and once he sat me down with a dictionary, I was like, you're right. I don't even know English. That's why even, I've lived in Romania seven years, people say, why don't you speak Romanian? Because I don't know English yet. 
I need to finish the first job before I learn the second. I don't know English. There's a bunch of words I don't know. I can't speak how he spoke. So I don't have time for a second language. Yeah. Also, another thing I found really interesting, Putin speaks English. Have you ever heard him speak English? No. Because if you want to speak to Putin, you speak to him in his language. You speak to me in Russian. And I reply to you in Russian, so I cannot be misunderstood or misconstrued. I don't make a fool of myself. You can't get me on some vernacular trick. I speak my language, and I also prefer that also. I speak English, that's what I speak. If you want to speak to me, you speak to me in my language, so I will win the debate always. Who do you look up to outside of your dad? I look up to lots of people. I'm talking specifically younger age, not today. I'm talking 16, 20, 25, that, that age. Not today. It's a good question. Because I always believed in trying to take the best parts of individual people and then amalgamate them. And I know you want a name and I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I would look at people who I didn't even respect, but they'd have one particular thing about them. I thought that's good. It could be somebody I didn't even like, but you dress well. I think you just have to be perspicacious and look at people and there's something you can learn from absolutely everybody and just try and adapt it all. I'm not saying everybody should be clones of me for everyone's individual, right? But there might be some things about me they find inspiring that they may adapt and take on board and then they'll find some things from other people. But learning to speak is something I very well, I understood from a very young age how important that would be. That's a superpower. Okay, so let me go back to the question I was asking where I'm trying to go with this. So I asked the question, I said, imagine the 20 year old that's watching this, yep. that's saying, no Tate, don't give me the answer for, I can, anybody can create, you know, yeah. can contribute to society. I'm not that guy. Talk to me like I'm one in a million. Talk okay. to me like I'm one cool. in a million. So if I'm willing to give, yep. 20 years, 30 years of my life to yep. one way to go up to make true positive impact yep. in America, my country, yep. in the world. Yep. What, what should, don't talk to me like everybody else. Okay. What the standards, what should I do? What Absolutely. angle should I do? Okay, so first things first, you need to be worthy of respect. And you're going to be worthy of respect through having things which are difficult to acquire. So first things first, the basic things, you need to be very focused on trying to make money because people listen to you when you have money. They just do. Secondly, you need to be in fantastic physical condition because when you're in fantastic physical condition, it cannot be bought. It must be earned, and people know that. When you're in, I, mean, I don't know about you, if someone walked in to sell me something and they were obese, I would not trust them the same as if they were in fantastic physical shape. Because I'd say, I don't think you have dedication and heart. I don't think, there's something about you that I just wouldn't trust you the same. So fantastic physical condition and money is, is the first thing. The second thing, whatever your ideas are, you need to learn how to communicate them. Speaking is a superpower in and of itself. You need to become a fantastic communicator. You need to be comfortable in all realms of communication. You need to be persuasive. You need to be comfortable arguing. You need to be good at debating. There's a lot of people out there in the world who have ideas that they can't even project into somebody else's mind. How are you going to rule the world with that? How are you going to get your ideas out there and make an influence if you can't make other people understand exactly what you think? That's the first thing. Second thing, once they understand exactly what you think, you need to make them agree with what you think. These are two different skills. Must be practiced and must be learned. If you're 20 years old and you want to change the world, you need to be having endless debates, endless, without resorting to name calling, not on Twitter like a dummy, in person. And you need to come across in a way that people agree with you. We can go back quickly and talk about the red pill. The difference between me when I talk to girls on these panel shows and every other guy when they talk to girls on these panel shows is, when I'm done, all the girls want me. Watch them. Watch the shows. I say the same thing and by the end the chicks are in love with me as opposed to saying the same thing and the chicks thinking I'm a dickhead. That's the difference. I project my ideas and I make them agree with my ideas to a point where they're like, texting me afterwards. I'm not saying anything different. It's how I'm communicating it. Some, you can catch more flies with honey 
than, than hurting people sometimes. So you need to be good at everything. You need to have a Swiss army knife of tools. I know when to be intimidating or aggressive. I know when to come across as obtuse. I know when to come across as exceptionally open-minded and easy to understand. I know when to come across as understanding. I know all these things. This all has to be practiced. And a lot of it is, yeah, communication. I would say, if you're gonna say to a 20-year-old who's truly exceptional and driven, I'd say you need to become a master communicator. Because once you can do that, you can do anything. And that fixes all the other problems, right? We talk about making money. If you're a master communicator, you do fantastic yeah. in sales. Yeah. You'll kill sales. Yep. You'll absolutely destroy sales if you're a master communicator. Not many people know this, but I used to sell windows. You know the old school knock on the door? Window sales. I did window sales for two or three years, and I'd say this is one of the hardest jobs you could possibly do. And I would always recommend a young man, if he has some time to waste, to go sell windows. <laughs> and the reason, it's fantastic, because I'll tell you why. It's the hardest one to sell, because one, nobody wants them. Two, they don't know who you are. And three, even if you convince them that they need windows, after them not knowing who you are, then they go to all your competitors and then it becomes a price war. <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's the hardest sales job. If you're selling a Lambo, at least they want the Lambo, right? Nobody wants glass and plastic. They already have windows. So you gotta find a way to sell them these windows. How do you do that? And that's where all this master communication comes in. And it's so many subtle little things. Being a good salesman is not necessarily being a liar. It's not being a trickster. It's just understanding what's gonna make the person believe and understand what you say. If I walked in and said, would you like new windows? And they essentially said, no, we don't need new windows. Our windows look fine. I would say, but what about the security aspect while looking at their three-year-old child? And they'd sit there and go, ah, oh, what do you mean security aspect? And then I'd talk about how we had the lock 5,000 and their locks are easy to break as if glass isn't glass, it's all the same anyway. And you'd end up selling the windows. You have to find the triggers in people. There's another thing people don't understand about me and my message. Sometimes I sit here and I say things that piss people off because that's how you trigger people to make action. I have often written emails or done videos, to, especially to men when I want to help men, to piss them off. You're a loser. You're a dumbass. Andrew, why you mean? Because you're not going to go to the gym unless I tell you you're a fucking loser. And you are a loser and I'm not lying to you. You are a loser. The emotional trigger you need to get up off that chair is the fact that you're not important, nobody cares who you are, any girl you're ever in love with I could take, and you're insignificant. And when you die, nobody's interested. That's your fault. You could have been something else. You did that. You failed. It has to be done. You have to be a master communicator. And sometimes that involves also insulting people. It's all a, a massive tapestry. But to answer your question, for the 20-year-old, he needs to become a master at communicating. But also to be a master at communicating, to be a master at communicating, you also, you also need experiences worth talking about. You have to live a life. You need a degree of wisdom, and wisdom doesn't always come with age, it comes with life lived. I had a guy message me, this is a long time ago when I used to reply to my own emails, too big now, but he said, I don't have any stories, my life's boring. I said, bro, where do you live? He said, Madrid. I said, bro, ride the train from Madrid to St. Petersburg. Ride the train from Madrid to Vladivostok. Do the Trans-Siberian Railway, cost you like 300 bucks. He goes, oh, but what if I get robbed? Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> the point. What if you get robbed? Now you have a story. Maybe you'll die, maybe you won't. But you have a story. Don't bring your watch. Have you got a Rolex? No. No one wants to rob you anyway. Don't worry about it. You're brokey. Get on the train. There has to be that degree of risk to even have a story. Because when you have a story, then you can communicate the story. A lot, you can't be an empty vessel either. So when you say to the, uh, you're telling me how I build this 20-year-old into a super soldier. Yeah, he has to be a master communicator, but he also has to do things which are risky. Risk has value intrinsically linked to it, intrinsically. This is why people, when you do risky things, people want to hear the story. Your coolest stories involve risk. Something went wrong. This could have happened. I almost this. I made it out. 
Without these wrists, you haven't got it. So I would say to the 20-year-old, do what I did, get in the cage, get in the ring, knock someone out, get knocked out, train hard. Fighting will teach you everything you need to know about life. You'll learn everything about who you truly are. You'll learn if you're a coward or not. You'll learn everything about perseverance and hard work and dedication, everything about being underappreciated. You'll learn everything about fear. You'll learn all of it. You'll learn everything about people. You win a fight, check your phone. Lose a fight, check your phone. You'll learn all about people. You'll learn all about them. You'll learn all about women. I learned so much about women through fighting. When I had a fight coming up and I was, I was weight drained and I had barely eaten in, in weeks and I'd lost all this weight and I had a, a world title fight and I'm fighting a guy who might kill me and she's complaining about the toilet seat. I learned all about women. You learn a lot about life through these, through these difficult pr processes and paths. And there used to be for men like a rite of passage. In most societies, you had to go through something to become a man, from a boy to a man. But that thing was always difficult. It's always been difficult. Now you have to self-induce it, self-inflict it. But if you're going to be a boy and never, never bring on that self-inflicted rite of passage, how are you going to ever become a man? It's great feedback. Let me ask a question about this. I love what you said, uh, especially, number one, you're a wordsmith, you're a linguist, no doubt. I mean... I don't know English yet, bro. Yeah, I'm yeah. You're still working on I'm your practicing. English. You know, you've got you've got the kickboxing belts all up over here. I would I would argue I've never seen you fight, but I would argue that your linguistic skills are better than your fighting skills. I'll let you judge I'll that. I'll take that. <clears throat> I totally agree with you. That the way that you speak to a man is a way, is way different than the way you talk to a woman. Yeah. You can tell a guy you're a loser. Get yeah. your fat ass in the gym, yeah. and a guy would be receptive to yeah. that. So, I can't tell you how many men come up to me, come up to Pat, dude. What was Andrew Tate like? <laughs> What was Tate like? Tell me about Tate. Tell me a Tate story. Dude, that guy's so cool. He's such a badass. Minect is an application which allows you to take a minute to connect with influencers from all around the world. My name is Andrew Tate, and I'm available to speak directly to you on Minect. I'm no longer interested in just random chicks. I want a woman who I know would wait for me if I did 10 years. That's what I want. That's what I find interesting. That's what I'm in love with now. I can't be in love with a random chick. Also, once you get to a certain level of fame and influence, you're no longer winning the exchange. I feel like a lot of men like going out there and pulling girls because they feel like they won. Ha ha, look at this hot girl I got. Whereas if I go to the club and get a hot girl, oh, okay. Me, the famous millionaire, the most Googled man on earth, got a hot chick. Who, who really won here? Who, 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 who pulled it off? She did. She'll brag, or rat, or kiss and tell, or ask for handbag. Like she, what did I win? Sex? Who cares? It's uninteresting to me. I, I don't want a child with her. I don't want a family with her. I don't want a future with her. So why do I even want her at all? I'm, not, I'm, I'm really beyond all of that stuff. So now, it's kind of funny, in jail I got thousands of love letters from women. Thousands. I got thousands of love letters from women in jail. Did you read them all? I read every single one. Yeah, but you have time, but yeah. you went through all of them. All of them. Got it. Thousands of love the letters. Craziest letter you got. What's the craziest letter you got? A lot of poems. Uh, one had drops of blood on it. She did a little cut. Uh, lots and lots of love letters, lots of just saying that I'm the last man, they've been in love with me, they watch all my podcasts, and they were with, uh, one of them said she was with her ex-boyfriend, he started watching me, then she started watching me, then she wanted me, not him, and got rid of him, and oh. all, all this craziness. But I didn't trust any of it. Is it real? Is it an agent? Is it a psyop? Who's she? Is she crazy? What if I sleep with her and she says I did something to her? What if 13 years later she contacts the BBC? Garbage. I, I don't, that would never happen, I don't, Andrew. I don't, I, don't, I don't talk to any new chicks. Same as I don't have any new friends. I don't talk to any new chicks. That's no new I, that's girls. What I, that's what I thought. Zero. So, so let, me, let me ask you. The idea of going through a lot of girls when you're younger, do you think a man needs to go through that or do you think that is a form of a weakness that holds you that you're a slave to it? Right. So 
That's a good question, and it's a fine line because there's arguments on both sides. However, I think in all scenarios and life experience is always going to be valuable, no matter what it is. You need to have experience. If you're inexperienced to anything, whether it's hunting, figure skating, girls, you're going to suffer. You so pointed you, at him. You were saying like insinuating to sorry. figure skating. I know. We just, he told me figure skating, and we, we made fun of it earlier. But I was technically Patrick. Oh, sorry. We're talking figure about the skating. <laughs> you need experience, and experience is exceptionally important. Also, as a man, especially when you're younger, you're going to get your heart broken a bunch of times. Some, some bigger, older, richer dude's going to take that chick. And you need to get, you need to get used to that pain. So, so okay. You need to get through it. So I do think it's a necessary part of being a man, but you don't want to be led by it. There has to become a point where you go, you know what, I'm versed enough. And also, another thing I would like to say is the reason you need to sleep with, not sleep with, but date lots of women when you're younger, so you have choices. Which def, what, define the two. Yeah. Which is more important, date or sleep, in your eyes? I feel like you don't really, I, I think that sleeping with a woman, you learn more about them as a closer relationship. So I'd say probably sleep with X amount, not crazy amounts, but I would say that, okay, let me give an example. If I go to the supermarket and pick up an apple and it's the only apple I've ever eaten, can I really say if it's a good apple or a bad apple? It's the only apple I've ever tasted. It might be sour, it might be terrible, I don't know. Whereas if I try 10 apples, I can tell the differences between apples. I say, what's a good apple, what's a bad apple? I think you need that degree of experience because sometimes you'll be with a woman and go, yeah, she's great, but if you're not experienced enough, you realize she really isn't all that great and she actually treats you like a dickhead. Whereas if you've been with enough women, you can always reference back to that girl who actually was really good to you. And, and you'll probably mess it up because you're young and you're dumb. We've all done it. All of us have that girl we had when, who was perfect when we were young and we all ruined it because we're stupid. Who was but that if, person for you?